Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. This is Elijah Fire episode 278. I'm always excited for my guests. I think they're all great. Uh, and I was very excited about today's guests. Uh, guest singular, not plural. If you guys are listening to this episode on Spotify and you are not yet following the Elijah Fire podcast uh, on Spotify, give us a follow. That'll really help us out. And then, of course, you can like us, follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, the big three are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. But we are everywhere. If you're like, no, I'm a Podbean man. I listen to the Podbean. You can totally do that as well. So I'm not going to stop you. It's there. Um, also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards funding this machine, funding this, this vehicular transport of God's glory and his message and all that good stuff. But you also get the double whammy, the double whammy deal. And that's supporting this ministry with your donation. But then also... A portion of it goes to the water well efforts that uh, we have going on in Uganda and beyond. And we're doing a lot of expansion into other countries because of your guys' donations. So we're going to play a quick video and we're going to get going. Every child deserves hope, an education, good health, a future. In Uganda, those things are stolen from children. One of those thieves is dirty water. In Uganda, some people only have access to muddied, filthy water. It is killing them. But you can help save the future generations. Give a gift towards the drilling of clean water wells. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. All right, my guest today, he's an evangelist. He's a preacher. He's bringing the holy fire today. Let's give it up for my guest today, co-founder of Crave, Josh Rich. What is up, Josh? What's up, Jeff? Hey, Happy man. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I yeah. always love being on here. Yeah. Well, we love that having you on the show. We love hanging out with you, man. You're the bee's knees. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right. So uh, we'll just jump into the notes and then we're just going to, we're just going to chat it up. We're going to do what we do. Uh, but uh, you have sp specifically about the bride of Christ. You have a note about the bride of Christ. So I want you to jump. I want you to dive in to the topic and then we're going to just ride that wave, dude. Let's ride that wave. And I'll yeah. first say that I think what we're going to discuss today is so important for every single believer to listen to receive digest and truly live these words uh with the holding the power that is in them this is so important to talk about and uh i, I have such a burden and passion for the church to talk more and more and more about the bride of christ and i i've discovered that so many uh, especially the the younger audience um, I think assumes that the bride of Christ is simply just all the church 
all of those who have received Christ and call him Lord and Savior. But we know in God's word, it's not necessarily that way. The bride, is Christ, the bride of Christ is something uh, separate from that. It's a, it's a deeper desire to go further in with the Lord. And uh, we can see this. We'll hop right in um, into the, the story that we uh, know so well in Matthew 25 talking about the parable of the ten virgins and this is the the words of Jesus and I'm going to I'm going to read some and I'll come in and out to where we'll save a little bit of time yeah but at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom this is Jesus describing uh, the kingdom of heaven five of them were foolish and five were wise the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry rang out, Here, here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. And the other five replied and said, no, we, we don't have enough uh, for you and ourselves. And they instructed them, go out and, and, and find some oil for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were ready. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. So later they've come, they've shown up but it's too late. And there's so much fascinating in this parable from Jesus. And of course, we know in the word of God, there's so much depth in all of scripture. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying today that this is uh, the meaning of the scripture, but it's certainly a part of one of those depths of the scripture. And what fascinates me is that when it talks about how um, they began to uh, get tired and, and drowsy and fell asleep, and, and here comes the time, and uh, the foolish one said to the wise, go get some oil, and they did. So, so it's not a matter of they, they burnt out, they, they got too tired of waiting, and they just gave up. They still had a desire to be ready when he arrived. Mm -hmm. So the key note in this scripture is not that we're, we're not specifying about these lamps and keeping them lit. We're not really specifying uh, um, just, just be there. It, it's a priority to be ready at the time. Yeah. Be ready at the time. And that takes, um, that takes, priority and planning. And I want it to be ahead of this thing. It says, I, I can't be last minute into this. So it's, it's deeper than what your heart desires. Your heart may desire to be ready for the bridegroom when he comes, but you're not. Hmm. And, and they still came back. So like, I think we have this idea in our head of it's a matter of just as long as as long as you want to be there, that's what matters most. 
But these ones came. They actually still came. They didn't leave and get lost in the world and never come back to return. Yeah, they, that's a good that's, point. That's what kept them from this this banquet that Jesus is describing. That's that's how we would probably see it. Oh, they left. They gave up on their belief. They didn't think Jesus was coming. So they just left and they went back to their old ways. They went back to their old life, waiting for things out here instead of waiting for the group. But no, that's not the case. Yeah, they exerted effort. When they came back, it was too late. They they wanted in, uh, but he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so, so what's so fascinating to me about this is these are 10 believers. So let's, let's you know, change our verbiage for the sake of conversation. Mm-hmm. These are 10 believers. The difference is, and, and the Bible says it here as wise and foolish, but we could also say some were ready and some weren't to really simplify what we're talking about and the point we're wanting to make. These are not five Christians and five lost. So today we might say these are 10 Christians that all had a heart's desire to be ready, Mm -hmm. but lacked preparation for the timing in which Jesus came. And now we can we can look at this again. There's so much depth to scripture that we could apply this to when God sends a fresh anointing to your church, when God sends breakthrough uh, for your situation. So this is the importance of this scripture is being ready, being ready. Mm. And we don't know the time. We don't know the hour. So we want to be ready for all the bridegroom has for us, all of the gifting that he has for us all of the holy fire that we'll eventually get into talking about on this episode that he has for us. But without the preparation beforehand to say, Lord, I'm ready and I am willing to receive all that you have for me, all that you have in store for me, so that when it comes, I wasn't just tired, I wasn't just drowsy, and I realized, oh, I I wasn't quite prepared for this, this grand, exciting thing that you've brought to me. And I've got to go get myself ready. And by that time, we've missed out. Mm-hmm. We've missed out. Mm. And, and, and I think, too, and I said this to our church last night, the Lord started to speak to me. And, and it came to my mind while I was saying it that, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of my notes here. But it's all good, man. We, our flesh doesn't like to hear that God will move on to those who are ready. No, I absolutely doesn't. <laughs> but it's the absolutely truth. Doesn't. Yeah. It's the truth that God will God looks for those who are well prepared and ready to receive. And I think we've gotten so um used used to in our verbiage of how good God is and make no mistake he is as good as good can get. He's more good than we can even fathom. But the truth is He will bless and anoint and send what he has for us to those who are ready and willing to receive it. And let's just let, let, I'm, I'm too excited to talk about altars. Let's talk about altars. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
when God, this is, this is something we have to understand first about God. Everything about God, who he is and what he has for us is holy. It's holy. It, it's not just good. It's not just the normal. It is supernatural and it's holy. So the reason I say that God doesn't just send it to wherever, I think we have this idea that God just sends his holy, his glory, like confetti in the air to drop down and fall wherever. That's not the case. God looks for well-prepared, built altars Hmm. to send this fire, to send this holy glory, to set it ablaze. Because his holiness will not just be put anywhere and everywhere. It won't fall into any place. If the Bible tells us, don't cast your pearls before swine. If the Bible tells us, don't let your seed fall just to any ground. And we know that there's more depth to that scripture as well. Yeah. If, if God is speaking that, if, if God's speaking those things to us, what does that say about what comes directly from him and where it should be placed? Hmm. We have to assume that his holiness and what he has prepared for his people has to be sent to a place that is ready to receive and steward and uh, steward the holiness of that anointing that comes, that it would not just rest and fall anywhere and everywhere, but it falls onto altars that are ready to be set ablaze. Mm. Yeah, man. Chime in, Jeff. I've been going. Yeah. Well, the thing that um, I uh, I definitely want to get into the topic of how we stay ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is something that I definitely. I mean, obviously, we can we can ebb and flow. Thing that I definitely want to hit on is like how. Cause there are some people that are like, Oh, I, I you know, cause I don't want any, I don't want the enemy to hide and be like, ha, you're not ready. And they are ready, you know, like, and, and just maybe they're, they're going through a bout of, of nervousness or whatever. But one thing that I was thinking of while you were talking was second Timothy two fifteen, which says be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So very, very practically, how do we handle the word of truth? You apply it. You do what God has asked us to asked you to do. Um, and I, I was thinking of this notion of forward momentum. I always talk about this when I'm, t- you know, discipling someone or, or whatever, encouraging someone is, is this idea of forward momentum of, of, and, and not not looking at like, well, last year I, I went, you know, 50 miles, but this year I only went 10. I'm like, yeah, but like you scaled a mountain like, you know, and it's like I look at if you look at like you, you, you create a graph and you draw a diagonal line. We want it to look like that. Right. Just this straight, straight, perfectly diagonal line um, and maybe even like hyper inclined. Just like, look how far I shot up in the Lord, you know. Um, yeah. But it looks a lot more like, like 
like way like wavy or like spikes but it's it the line is actually going up but you know you've got these you know sometimes we go through things where god slows things down and he has us really focus in on one specific thing and it feels like failure after failure after failure after failure but by the end of going through i was just talking to um just talking to someone last night about this of like but then you leave that season and you look back or then you like you actually you're out of that season and then suddenly you realize how far you've gone but in that season it felt like you were in this like just constantly like failure 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 um but you were pressing into the lord and he was presenting you like like the famous prayer of like god i want to be more loving and then he's like okay and he presents you with somebody who's really really challenges you Right. So it's that kind of idea too. No, but that whole notion of forward momentum um, mm. and not looking at it as a perfectly straight line. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be in, it is going to go upwards. You you're gonna want to you do want to see that growth. But um, yeah, so uh that's that was just what I was thinking of when you were talking. Yeah, and to that to that spirit of self-doubt to that spirit of beating ourselves up really to I, I wish I was like them that was just so on fire and I, I don't even know how to get there and we're going to give you uh, those practical steps of how you do that um, God is your greatest cheerleader mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean that's such a a small way of saying it but he, he is our greatest encourager. As much as your pastor wants you to be what we are talking about, what Jeff's talking about, that scaling the mountain and, and looking at your progress, your spiritual progress, God desires that for you more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And his grace is beyond sufficient and his mercy is new. How often? Every morning. Mm-hmm. Mercy is new every morning. You feel like you yeah. failed yesterday? Let's begin today. Yeah. Let's start over today. How can you get closer to me today? Mm. So the ways that we do that, top of the list, quick obedience, mm-hmm. total surrender. Quick obedience, total surrender. Quick obedience, total surrender. And and you you once you start to actually try and practice that, you'll realize how much opportunity you have to quickly be obedient. Oh man. It's so important to quickly be obedient away from me. And God is doing this so much right now. The more uh, in time I have in those intimate moments, the more I study the Bible, the more I just dwell on who God is. He's revealing more and more and more. how uh, it's so hard to describe God as, as God, but I'm trying to say it's so it's becoming more and more revealing to me. He's so much more than we really take recognition to. Mm. He's, 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 he is a good father, but he's so much more than a good father. And he is uh, a, love, but it's so much more than that. And when we really grasp that the almighty God, creator of heaven and earth and holder of eternity, 
when we realize that is who we are serving. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. When he speaks, when he moves on your spirit, when the Holy Spirit starts to convict you in into a direction, when we can truly recognize and grasp, this is Almighty God speaking to me. This is the Almighty God that is that is pushing me forward and is drawing me near to something. And I better, in a metaphorical sense or a literal sense, drop down to my knees, put my face to the ground and say, Lord, you are King of kings, Lord of lords. I hear you speaking to me. Give me direction. Speak mm-hmm. to me. Give me whatever you So we would quickly be obedient and totally surrender. And we see this so often in the Old Testament because there was such a uh, greater direct um, speech, if you will, to these men of God throughout history, where some would uh, actually have divine moments in a physical sense. We saw Moses with a with a burning bush and, a, and an audible voice. Uh, it, it, Moses was even hidden in a rock because God presented himself and his glory was so, how could we even describe that fiery or bright yeah. or majestic or powerful that it would literally melt him to be, uh, to be witness to God's glory. That's the God that we are serving. Dude. Yeah. So when, so when we can, can, when, when we can get our mind truly wrapped around that, when he speaks and when he moves, when when our mind and our heart and our spirit is in is intertwined in that understanding, this is the God that I serve and is speaking to me for me. Like I said, God's doing this in me. Take it for you, if you will. For me, it has helped me so much to be quickly obedient. Hmm. It's helped me so much to truly not have any fear of man wow. because my fear of God uh, has grown so much greater into realizing um, he's so, so, so much more than this idea of just just being that guy up there who's who's nice and kind and loving. And of course he is. Of course he is. But he's also the almighty. Mm-hmm. He also has slain every single thing that has come our way and still does to this day. He fights on our behalf. The victory is already won. We are just to quickly be obedient and surrender totally. Mm. You know, it's crazy, dude, is that I'm, uh, I'm kind of in like the opposite season right now where like God has been like doing, well, not, not the opposite. I don't want to say that. But it, to me, it's always this interesting thing. And I've, like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately about like God's sovereignty and he's holy. But then also we're because of the blood of Jesus. Now we can approach the throne room boldly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, that's like. So whenever I'm interacting with God, I'm very like respectful of his sovereignty but like lately what he's been speaking to me a lot about is like his role as a 
as a father in my life, um, which is something that like, it's kind of been a long uh, process. Um, uh, and it's it, like a huge uh, kind of conversation, but um, just the gist of it lately has been like, man, I was like laying, laying in bed, getting ready for bed. And I was just talking to the Lord and there's some, like stuff like people know like a uh, friend that's going through addiction right now and we checked him into rehab and so like that's been like a multi-week ordeal so there's like that going on there's some other stuff going on and and then all of a sudden i just like it's 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 interesting because i just had this like it was like a feeling like overwhelming feeling of just god's love and then what popped into my head was actually my father-in-law hugging me um, and he gives like the best hugs. My father-in-law just has like a huge, huge father's heart. Um, and then I just, it just like, God just like held that memory there. And like his presence was super strong. He said, that's how I feel about you. And, mm -hmm. and it was just like, I wasn't even doubting God's love. I wasn't even, but like, that's where I was in that moment. And it's just interesting how like we can go through these, these revelations of like stuff like you're talking about, but then like have a revelation like I just had, you know? Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I, um, I don't even and know. Both is needed. Yeah. Both yeah. is needed. Both are absolutely needed. And I think that people go, well, which is it? Is it this or is it this? You know, in, in, in scripture, it's like, it's both, man. He you is know? Both. Yeah. You know, he gives us those, um, those names of himself so that we can better understand who he is he he is father god so that we can so that we can understand uh the a father's love yeah uh he sticks closer than a brother he is yahweh he is all of these things and ultimately he is also god mm -hmm. and and it is a fullness of all things and i i think that's so important that that we are both sharing uh, two different perspectives. I know, yeah, and two different truths because of what you just said. Yeah, some people are asking, "Well, which which is it?" And, right, and, and doc, it, full theologies have been built on either or, which is extremely dangerous. Right, yeah. it's so dangerous, and because if if you if you only have this side that says, "I'm I'm." I'm daddy God and I, I'm, uh -huh. I'm just loving and I just want to hug and I just want to accept. Um, that's a, that's a partial truth to his word for one, of course, and his word is him. He is the word, the word is him. And, and without the other, we, we belittle uh, his might right. and his fight for yeah, our soul. Man. And uh, I think, you know, culture is always such a fighter of the truth of God's word. Mm. So what I mean by that is um, to, to start to talk about Father God is, is difficult for a lot of people to hear and listen to mm -hmm. because they didn't have a good father. And I, I've seen a lot of men and women uh, and, and young people as well. Uh, get discouraged and even aggravated 
at that description of him because they didn't have a good example of a parent. Yeah, they were like a guttural reaction to to the right. F word, father. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the F word, father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and, and that's a turnoff to them. Uh, but that's why he says, and I'm I'm totally paraphrasing, that he would be the father to the fatherless, that he would be these things. Um, that we are lacking in our life, but it is it is a total fullness of both sides to to take in so that we would truly understand who God is, uh, at least to the point where he has allowed us to, which is a, a totally different topic. But uh, we, we easily get frustrated with not um, fully understanding God. We're not meant to. Uh, and we couldn't. So, so people, people who are always like, I totally understand everything about God. I'm like, no, you don't. You just prove that you don't. <laughs> you literally just prove that you that don't. That was the tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it is a total fullness of, of all sides of who God is yeah. that we have to take into account to be as well balanced as possible. And it is so important to be well balanced, which is why I think um, I, I think there is a lot of foolish five virgins in the church that would run back and they're knocking at the door saying, I, I came back. I was ready. I, I went and got what I needed. And then they're mad when when the response is you weren't ready. Uh, be ready for you don't know the time, but no, I don't know you, and no, you're you're not coming in here, and then that, that's when they get frustrated in their flesh, and they're like, "How dare God mm-hmm. ever ever speak to me in this way?" And maybe they're not saying it out of their mouth, but they're saying it in spirit. Oh, absolutely, with their, yeah. with their frustrated yeah. response because they haven't built up that fear of God in their spirit that would drop to their face and more quickly say, I can't believe I wasn't ready. Wow. I yeah. can't believe I missed out on when God showed up, when revival mm-hmm. came or when that anointing was there. And uh, we, we had this time in our service last night where uh, Victoria, which has been on the show, a lot of you know, my mm-hmm. sister and partner in this ministry, uh, God began to speak to her about an anointing that was going to be released on our our church uh, last night, and I was sitting there and I was playing the keys behind her, and I was thinking, man, there's so many missing tonight on this anointing that God is releasing on His people, and that's that's happening so often. And I think I truly believe our flesh will rise up and say, no, 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 no. God is so good that I'll get that anointing, whether it's in my car or whether it's in my worship time in the kitchen when I'm cooking and all these things. And we start to make excuse out of flesh because our idea in our head is that God's so good, he would never hold back from me. Mm. How dare us? How dare us feel so entitled to deserve what God has to give. Now, don't confuse me, people. I'll, I'll bring this full way around in a minute. Mm-hmm. How dare us mm. feel entitled to ever act like we're so deserving? Here's the truth. We don't deserve any of it. Yeah. We don't deserve any of it. 
which is why it's so extraordinary and special and um, important for us to be ready uh, for that moment whenever it comes. To be ready in those moments, to have our oil well prepared and thought out and our, our altars built. And we'll talk about altars in a minute um, because it's our realization that we're not worthy. Right. So we should be overjoyed and and beyond thankful that even though we're not worthy, God says, I want it for my people anyways. Yeah. So it's it's my worth. God said, it's my worth, not yours. And I have said that I am sending to my people a glory and a fire and a revival in the last day. We know that from scripture. In the last day, I will pour out onto my people. So we know that's yeah. word. That's not me prophesying right now. We know that that's God's word. That was a prophecy, but it's God's word that there will be a great pouring out in the end time, in the last days. And I, I can't re quite remember how it's worded perfectly. That's me paraphrasing. Uh, so we know that there is a great pouring from God. And this is now me prophesying over uh, the people of God to say, I believe that God wants to pour out into a specific place in our life. And that is the altar that we are building for him to pour out onto. Mm. And I think there is nothing better that we can put on an altar than what we have idolized. Yeah, dude. What we have idolized. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Uh, this is a great pouring out of the Holy Spirit in uh, Joel 2.28. So, so this is God's word. And I believe, I'm now I'm speaking, I believe that God is wanting to pour this out on to our built altars. Mm -hmm. Why? Like we said earlier, because everything he has is holy. And it's not just meant to throw, be thrown out into the air to fall wherever it may please. No, he is looking for his bride that has come well prepared, whether that be a lamp or, or, or an, uh, an example or metaphor as a bonfire or whatever it is that would burn or an altar that we see so often in the Old Testament. And what is on that altar? Sacrifice. What we have idolized, everything of ourselves put down on that altar and said, God, send down fire that would burn up what I have laid here. And, and this is something... This is something about what we idolize, idolization. For one, we can idolize so much more than we give credit to. Oh, uh, a thousand percent. Yeah, so much more. And, and people get a little frustrated when I say this. Uh, frustrated is my nice word. I say that a lot. That's my nice word. <laughs> uh, we can even idolize the good of church 
Mm, the good yeah. of the good of evangelism or the good of a service. We can idolize these things. Uh, and people are like, well, how could we idolize something that's good? Because when you put anything above God, you've made it an idol in your life. Because we were created to worship. So it's in our nature to so easily and quickly worship. And we don't recognize quite enough how many things that we idolize. And and I'll come back to the church thing because I don't want people confused. You know, often we describe it as, as religion. We can make religion or idolization out of these things uh, that are good. But that's 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 the example of we see in church when when you have made such a focus on a Sunday morning service or evangelism to go out and get the lost or all of these things that are good. They are so good and they're biblical. We're not saying they're not biblical. We're not saying they are not good. What I am saying is if you get the priorities out of line Mm. and you are no longer totally surrendered to God Almighty, then you're just moving out of your own spirit and you're no longer following the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because we have in, in our flesh made this more important. And if if you're questioning me right now, look around the American church and tell me, tell me if you see every single church uh, perfectly practicing following the Holy Spirit, or are they just following a church design, Hmm. a church building design that gets people in seats, that spreads a good name in the community, or is this a church that has surrendered all things to the Holy Spirit, and they are still closely following to the Holy Spirit to where they have remained steadfast in keeping God above all things. All things. Yeah. When it just becomes that thing of like, I have to do this thing, or this is the thing that's going to uh, show how saved I am is if I do all these things. And it's like, that's, that's driving it out of your own flesh. Yeah. Um, like you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a note here on, on this idol, idolization of these idols in our life. Sometimes we have a struggle letting our idols die because they're still too fresh when we try to lay it on the altar. Now, I don't know if, if any of you have ever built a fire. Uh, built a bonfire. When you try to lay fresh wood on the fire, it doesn't burn. Right. Now, if, it, if the fire is hot enough, it'll probably catch fire eventually. But it's so much harder to catch a blaze because it's so fresh. Mm-hmm. Some of our idols won't go away. The things that we struggle to truly release aren't going away because they weren't all the way dead when we laid it on the altar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it came back and we're like, man, why am I still still struggling with this? Because you took it to the altar when it really wasn't dead in here. Hmm. So you tried to lay something down that was too fresh. Now, now I, I know that's a lot to like 
take in. And, and if God wants to burn that thing up, he can do it. But oftentimes, we haven't truly released something in spirit when we've tried to lay it on the altar to be burnt up. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. That's our idols. That's the sacrifice and the sacrifice has to be good and dry. That's why in the Old Testament, when they would bring their sacrifices, it was it was systematic that they couldn't just bring any old sacrifice. It had to be without blemish. It had to be good. It had to uh, cost something. And you had to travel to bring it to one location. You couldn't just do sacrifice back in your backyard and make it easy for you. No, bring bring the best. It's going to be observed. We're going to check it and then see if it's well enough for the sacrifice Mm -hmm. that will be burnt up for the heavens. Mm -hmm. So we can take the Old Testament with the New Testament revelation and know that or desire. We can desire in our spirit for our sacrifice to be that same way that we wouldn't just be laying any old thing on there, that we wouldn't just be uh, uh, laying a last minute wood on the fire. Like, let's go out and just chop some wood that's fresh because it's not going to burn well. If you want the dry wood, it has to come with preparation. Yeah, You don't get dry wood without you've purposely set in time. So that's where the, 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 the five wise virgins come into play. They, they had to have planned ahead of time with a desire in heart to be well prepared for whatever came. And sometimes we miss out on that coming of whatever it might be, whether it's the Holy Spirit, whether it's revival, whether it's God touching you. We miss out because we want to throw together a last minute sacrifice that doesn't burn well. And we're like, why am I not catching fire? Because you didn't, you didn't put in the prep work beforehand that says, I want to be ready. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the grace of the Lord. We're, we don't want to just keep on slapping this like hard task on you. But you know what? But you know what? <laughs> if it is a hard task, let it be a hard task. Yeah, yeah, for real. You know what? Like, get Doesn't have to feel good. To, yeah, to, to be honest, like I get yeah. tired of like trying to make people feel good about the gospel. The gospel is good, but it doesn't say it's easy. Well, it's going to offend our flesh. I mean, come on, let's, uh, and let's it make no bones about it. So, like, you know what? If you're like, oh, that sounds so hard. That sounds like so much, and I just want to hear that it's going to be okay. Well, you know what? That that takes walking it out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be okay, but that comes with process. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if um, we were saying this before we hopped on or after, but you were saying um, uh, if if you're praying and want to be more kind, God doesn't just give you kindness. Like it, 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 he gives you opportunities. Uh, opportunities. How are you going to respond? Here's kindness. your chance. Yeah. So, so let's first off. Again, realize who we are serving and how we are not worthy of what he wants to give to us, but he wants to give it to us anyway Mm -hmm. and get over ourselves of this 
this pitiful attitude of like, oh, well, that just sounds like so much. And I liked I liked when Pastor So-and-so was just like, it's going to be good and life is good and God's going to give you everything you want. And uh, you know what? Like that probably did feel better. But at the same time, I'm talking to the bride of Christ. Hmm. I'm not just talking to the to the so-and-sos who just want to say, oh, I just I just love the Lord. And that's good enough for me. I'm talking to the bride of Christ right now. Those who have separated themselves or desire to separate themselves from outside of the pack, ahead of the pack, to show Jesus, I want to set myself apart Mm. to receive everything of you. I don't just want to say I love you. I like you. You make me feel good. And I like to be in your presence. And I like to worship you on Sunday morning. But I want to be your bride. I want to be ready for the bridegroom when he comes. And this is to the men as well. Don't let your, let, don't let your mind pervert this message. I want to be, I'll be an example for all men. I want to be the bride of Christ mm-hmm. that has set myself apart to marry Jesus Christ and spend eternity with him. Mm. Now, I'm not going to try to teach this right now. But I'll I'll throw this out there for the studiers. The Bible talks about a a um, excuse me. Let me let me get my words right. Uh, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Uh, it talks about in eternity a thirty, a sixty, and a hundredfold. So I, I'm not going to try to explain that to you right now, but I'm tossing that out there to let you know that there's levels to this thing and there is depth into eternity and there's greater blessing in heaven for some than others. So I, I'm giving these examples to prove in the word of God without teaching. You can go and, and find this information for yourself that there is separation here. So so if you're one that's like, no, I just believe that the bride of Christ it is all of us. It's not. It's not. The bride of Christ is those who have set themselves apart. And this is just my example of it. Uh, it's so hard to truly dive deep into this. But there is a bride of Christ who is building up altars right now that is preparing themselves for a fire to be sent down to set them ablaze. So before it was a, it was a physical altar. Where's the altar now? Hmm. It's in here. So the fire that would be sent down and, and the aroma that would be sent back up, it no longer comes from a physical place. It comes from a, a spiritual place inside of us. So this is a, this is a direct sacrifice from our spirit being sent to heaven. Hmm. Well, uh, to the you know you mentioned um, don't guys don't let this whole notion of being the bride of Christ per, you know be perverted by you know our worldly understanding. And right now we're actually doing a teaching series uh, on Wednesdays uh, called Intimacy with Christ and Yvonne the lady who's, who's doing it, dude, it's been, she's going through the song of songs 
and every every it's four parts so every part is two chapters dude it is blown my mind like the message behind the song of songs yeah blown my mind uh like i've just been like people have been able to see it real time uh because i'm just like it's just one of those books i just didn't fully understand um and I don't know that we can ever in one moment fully understand scripture. I think that that's a multi-layered yeah. relation, but um, dude, it's been wild. Like uh, it's just, I, the story that's illustrated in there and Yvonne is amazing because she's from Egypt. And so she has a knowledge of middle Eastern tradition Yeah, uh, that, a different kind of angle uh, really blessed her in but dude it's been amazing so people if you haven't been watching that just go to our playlist tab on youtube and you'll see it right there the intimacy with christ series there's three parts number four is gonna be next week amazing dude like so much revelation in yeah. in that so um especially for you guys out there uh that have been like oh, i don't want a song of songs what yeah. what in the world Dude, like she just, oh man, it's, it's awesome, dude. <laughs> cool. yeah. I gotta go watch it myself. Yeah. It's really worth it, man. It's That's like, awesome. yeah, just dense, super dense. So uh, something else I was thinking about in regards to, um, sacrifices, like you were talking about, um, you were talking about dry wood versus fresh, like freshly cut, cut wood. There's just too much moisture in it. Um, and uh, something else I was thinking of is maybe a, another way of looking at it is like um, it's sacrificial uh, ceremonial like process, right? Um, and you bring a living animal, it's inspected, all these things, but then it dies. Mm. If you were to take a living animal, just throw it on the fire, it's going to jump out of the fire, yeah. right? And so you sitting there and putting your, your, whatever sacrifice it is on the altar and then just, you know, being pro and not wanting to actually kill it. And you're like, Oh Lord, I just thank you that it's gone. I'm like, actually your sacrifice is like a mile that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, you to chase, um, chase down your sacrifice. Right. And so I think that that's the important thing is like, what do you need? If there is an idol in your life, what do you need to do to kill it? What mm. do you need to do? to 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 eliminate this thing once and for all so that it can be burned on that altar um that, i was just thinking about that when you're talking about it yeah that's so true yeah yeah they're, they're so i think that's why jesus spoke in parables so often because it, it makes our mind imagine and grasp and understand and uh you could you could go on and on with these examples that would come to mind but Someone in the comments over here said, you know, they they were agreeing with us that you you want the easy way out. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, I think that's why we why we might end up with a, a still live animal that just hops right off the off the off the altar yeah. of sacrifice because we just we want it to be quick and we want it to be over and uh, you know, in in the moment of of whatever we're, we're really trying to lay down. We just want it like, Lord, just take this from me, just take it. And see, now, now we can talk about the father again, a good father, a really, really, really good father. 
that has such patience and a tough, deep love for you recognizes the times where, yes, I could just, I could just take this off of them, but I want them to grow. And when it comes again, I want them to know how to battle and defeat this thing. So I'm going to let the body suffer so that the spirit can succeed. And now that's one way of looking at it. But I mean to say that sometimes God doesn't just quickly take this from us, whatever it might be. He wants us to walk this out with him so that our spirit would be strengthened, so that we would be able to uh, grow and be released from this out of this walk with him and not just not just take it away from us in a moment. And of course, that's how we want it to be. I'm, a, I'm addicted to porn and I, I, I can't stop watching this videos. Lord, just take it from me. Mm. Well, that would be wonderful. Lord, yeah. I, I, I have a, a desire of, of, of this thing that's bad for me. I, I, I have a, a, a compulsive behavior to lie and I know that I shouldn't. I, I want to read my Bible and I don't, and and I want to pray more often, but I just can't bring myself to do it. You know, of course, he could just take these things from us and he could just shove it into us, the things that we desire to have. But more often than not, because he's such a good father, he wants us to grow. And growth comes from process. Oh, absolutely. Growth comes from experience. Yeah. Growth comes from um, walking it out with him. And because we're doing it with him, not only do we grow, uh, our, not only does our spirit grow, but so does our faith. Yeah. And our faith where? Our faith in him, because we had to do it with him, mm-hmm. not on our own effort, not in just a poof, he did it for us. But because we can, re- because we can lean back on that experience and say, I remember where I was, I remember what God, uh, me and God walked through together and, and the, the obstacles that we leaped together. I can now lean back on that experience and say, that's where I once was. That's what I learned from it. And now that I'm on this uh, new level, new devil place, I'm stronger than I was back then. And this new level that God wants for me, I know, I now know how to combat it. And I know that it's not in me. It has to be with him. And if we did it, then we're going to do it again. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, man, I just like all this talk about like us sacrificing anybody who's really spent time looking at old Testament, old covenant style, repentance and, and and covering of your sins versus new covenant man be grateful for the blood of jesus mm. be grateful and the fact that what we're what you know josh is talking about about laying those idols like that's nothing man like it's nothing like compared to like having to sit with your sin all year until Yom Kippur and then like the day of atonement happens. And it is like, like, Oh my goodness. Like, 
the fact that like what when we actually surrender and we we lay down an altar or an idol down on the altar and suddenly we realize it doesn't rule us anymore you realize like why in the world did i care about this why did i care so much about this thing you know um and uh that's that's the revelation that comes from that at 10 at a time 10 out of 10 times for me or however many times it's been 20 to 20 times i don't know uh 100 million times out of 100 million um but it, 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 you do get that revelation of like why in the world did i wait so long why in the world did i care so much about this thing yeah um because it was like you're the you're you're my heart's desire and this i just realized that this was something that i was just trying to trying to fill a spot that I ultimately only you could fill. And I didn't, I couldn't even see it at the time, but, um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was just reading the comments. Um, there's something else that I was going to ask you or say. Um, so in regards to, um, you know, the 10 versions, the five that were ready, the five that weren't, um, maybe it's just, maybe it's a very nuanced question, but I mean, would you say that maybe even you could fall into the category of the, you know, the five virgins that weren't ready? Um, like say God has asked you to do something you prayed and God asked you to do something, but you're like, you still just are not doing it. Um, or he's asked you maybe to lay something down and you're still just not doing it. Like, would you say that falls under that category? Is that, I mean, maybe it's a very multifaceted kind of topic but i'm just curious yeah that's a good question because it it provokes the idea that i i think we have to put in the effort to ask ourselves that question hmm. what am i doing or not doing or where am i at in my walk with the lord let me reflect on myself um you know david asked God to observe him, look me over God. And uh, I think we should so often do that and say, Lord, am I ready? So, you know, again, I, I think that's a little, that's that's on the verge of an easy way out to be like, um, you know, just just give me the one, two, threes of, of being ready. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think that answer yeah. is going to be different for everybody. And uh I also think that, um, well, I, I don't want to get into that, but uh, <laughs> I think that answer is going to be different for everybody, which is yeah. which is why it's so important to present the question of like, Lord, I, I observe observe me, let me observe myself, let's look at me together. I want to be ready. I want to be in obedient. And and when you start to get your spirit in that. Um, positioned in that way i think that's that's when the holy spirit starts to reveal more and more and more with you yeah so so i mean to say it the most simple and easy way you're putting in the effort yeah you're putting in the effort that that's where we we uh get to the um uh the active bride of christ that's the active part that we are looking at ourselves and, and making asking ourselves, which, which side of this am I on? Am I a part of the five foolish or am I a part of the five wise? Mm. And, uh, and that's so much of that is going to become, uh, come from a heart's desire uh, and not just a simple 
taken the easy steps of mm-hmm. uh, if you do ABC one, two, three, uh, you're going to make it in. Um, yeah. No, I, I think we've got to ask ourselves that tough question and, and observe ourselves, and ask the Holy yeah. Spirit to observe and reveal to us yeah. that we are in, in the right direction. Yeah. And there's, you know, I want to point this out to some people um, that, you know, I've written me personally who are really, God is walking through a lot of healing in regards to fear and anxiety. There's a difference between fear and conviction. And so really what this is going to come down to is again, like to bring it back around to, you know, when I quoted second Timothy two fifteen of be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. Um, some say dividing the word of God, you know, like pouring into it. And yeah. the more that we invest in the word, the more that we spend time in the word and we really genuinely, and man, sometimes it could be God has you hanging around like a passage of like four verses, maybe one verse. And he's really wanting you to like hammer this home and really press into this specific verse or this small passage or whatever it is. But as things begin to be revealed to you of things that need to be removed from your life, pay very close attention to is this fear driving this revelation? I use air quotations for those who aren't watching. Um, or is this an actual conviction from the Lord? Um, and uh, because God may have told you, no, like you know, given you permission to do this thing or not, um, or watch this thing or whatever it is. Um, and then suddenly you're feeling fear. Um, so anyways, I think I made my point, um, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a, a separation from the two. Yeah. Uh, polar opposite separation. It's, it's yeah. not a, it's not a thin line. The Holy Spirit convicts. That's what yeah, the back of my eyes. And uh, we're, we are, we don't have a, uh, a spirit of fear, but we have sound mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the, the God's word is chock full of, of that teaching. And you might be asking, well, how do I, how do I know the difference? Well, again, it, it comes back to that. Um, there's no quick, easy way. The more that you get to know Jesus and how you get to know Jesus is through intimate time with him. Yeah. And I, I said this to our church a couple of weeks ago, uh, and this is this is explicit for the younger viewers. Uh, you can have intimate moments right so worship in church might be an intimate moment singing to the lord and and worshiping in congregation with your church family or uh i, I don't know so there's other things like that but intimacy an act of intimacy in the natural looks different than a congregated uh, moment. Mm-hmm. So you and your wife might have an intimate moment mm-hmm. going out to eat and having dinner and yeah. you take her out to a movie and you buy her flowers. These are intimate things. They're intimate moments that are nice. But when you share intimacy, mm-hmm. first off, nobody else is around. 
Right. No way. I would hope not. Uh, <laughs> that's just you. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of Christians have intimate moments, but they are lacking intimacy. Man, that's really profound. The yeah, Lord. Absolutely. And intimacy looks like something that looks different wow. than just congregated Sunday morning or Wednesday night Bible study or whatever it might be. I think we've got to teach our minds to say the intimacy, the act of intimacy that I need to have with Jesus is just me and him. Nobody's around to encourage me. I don't have the worship team pushing me forward. I don't have like-minded Christians surrounding me doing the praise that I should be doing. It's just me and him in a private place. I'm not putting it on the gram. I'm not sharing it out for everyone to see what I'm doing. So, so like when you think about it that way, the intimacy with a partner in the natural and the intimacy with the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and God as one, we can really say, oh, I, I'm, I'm missing out on intimacy. Mm-hmm. So why I'm talking about this, go back to the question, how do I know? How can I decipher the, the differences when you know Jesus and you know him through intimacy? Because I don't have a Bible around me. Uh, it's back in my bedroom. This will be my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you can read this whole thing, right? And you can know about Jesus. And you can even receive revelation through the Holy Spirit when reading these things. But if you want to know Jesus, that happens through intimate time with him. It's just mm-hmm. you and him, nobody around. That is how you get to know that you, that's how you get to know Jesus. And the more mm-hmm. you know Jesus, the more all of these things that we're talking about, you can so much more quickly uh, get to. Because how can you quickly surrender to the voice of God if you don't even know his voice? So the, the, so the more that you know his voice, the quicker you can uh, surrender, the yeah. quicker we can be obedient. So it, it all ties into one. Yeah. And uh, again, it sounds like it's just so much. And that's not the message that I heard on Sunday. I, I, I got sent out and I felt good for the week. This sounds like a whole lot. Well, you know what? Uh, the greater we can give, the greater we are rewarded. So if you want more, give more. Mm-hmm. If this sounds like a lot, know that on the other side of it comes with a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the life that I want. Yeah, for real. Be the active bride of Christ. Mm. I don't want to just be the norm. I, I don't want to just I don't want to just get good enough. I don't want just enough out of the Lord. I don't want just that's going to scrape me by. I want all of him. I want every bit of him. And when he comes, I want to be ready to enter in with him into this uh, feast. And I don't want to be on the outside wishing that I would have, that I would have been ready or I would have uh, not put so much emphasis on this sounded like a lot, but, but I recognize that it is almighty God that I am unworthy, but he's made me worthy out of his goodness. And I would bow down and say, Lord, because you are so good to give me all, I want to put myself in position to receive all that I can. Yeah. Amen. 
Amen, dude. So good. What a great message. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. All right, man. I want you to pray. Holy fire, dude. Holy fire. Start building those altars. I want to see if there's just any uh, any comments that might might be something that needs to be addressed. I definitely never want to confuse anyone. But if you feel like you're in a place of needing more information, um, I have a source book that I got all that I talked about. It is called The Holy Bible. You can dive in there and get a whole lot more. Well, and Josh, I love that you didn't feed people answers. I think that sometimes there can be this tendency to want to explain things, distill things down for people so that they're uh, digestible. And so sometimes, and I'm obviously not against that, but in the case with this, of really going like, you go pursue the Lord, you go spend time with him, you ask him to speak to you and reveal these areas of, of how you're supposed to conduct yourself right now, whoever you are, uh, the individual versus like, okay, do this and this and this, and then you're good. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. But the, here's the thing I do want to point out is, you know, you were talking about intimacy and, and even outside of like, uh, you know, intimacy with a spouse, um, something that happens as you are in relationship with someone. So in the case with my wife and myself, you begin to form a language. You begin to form inside jokes and little things that mean something to the two of you. And don't you want that with your relationship with the Lord? Because that's what happens as you pursue him and you press in. You be, he begins to speak things to you in a language that only the two of you understand. And it's something that is so special. Um, just in the same way that that relationship with my wife is really special. And there's certain things and we have nicknames and terms for things that only the two of us would know what they are. Yeah. Um, the same thing applies to the Lord because you begin to build a history with the Lord. You begin to, and uh, that you can chart that history with him and, He'll bring something to your mind and it's something that only the two of you would know what it is. And it's something that's just so special. Yeah. So um, that's the fruit that comes from that intimacy. Yeah. And, and there's these people in our lives that we look at uh, that have a relationship with Christ that looks like that. Mm -hmm. And we say, man, I wish I had that. I wish, I wish I was like them. Um, I, I promise you these heroes of the faith, throughout history um, that have that grand relationship with Christ. It did not come without sacrifice. It did not come without so much time given uh, in those intimate moments when no one was looking, when no one knew their story, when no one knew their struggle. So these people that you might be looking up to that you think, I wish I could, wish I could get that uh, know that it didn't come without sacrifice and two, ask them, how 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 can I be like you? How can I how can I have this strong relationship with Christ and and so quickly surrender to the Holy Spirit and 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 dive deep into travail and just when the Spirit comes? I wish I had that. Uh, ask them. Ask these elders of the faith. 
how they've walked this life out for so long and, and stayed steadfast. And I, I promise you, I bet there's so much more to the story than you know. You think that it just happened or it was just on them and it just they just had it. It, it doesn't happen that way. It comes with so much time, patience and sacrifice and, and giving of self. The more we give of self, the more we receive of him. Mm. And like you said, it's so special to have that with the Lord. Oh, yes. <laughs> Amen. Should we pray? Oh, we should. We should. Shad. Should. <laughs> I combine shall and should, and it's just going to give it a shad. Yeah. Shad. Yeah. We shouldn't. Yeah. We should or shouldn't. Okay. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time of, of revelation in your word. And um, Lord, I just pray uh, over these altars that will be built by your bride that start to put things in their life to lay down and say, this has to die in my life so you can become more and more and more alive. I pray right now that when these things would be set ablaze, that it, that it would be partnered with a fire that would also start in them. So they're sacrificing these things and it's being burnt up. But Lord, you're doing something on the inside of them that would also be set ablaze for your glory, um, for, for their spiritual walk with you, that they would begin to uh, realize how much you can burn in them yeah. and that they would set ablaze and stay ablaze mm. um, in this walk that they wouldn't get 10 years down the line saying, I used to be on fire, but I don't really know what happened. Lord, no, we want to continue to add on to the altar, add on to the altar so that you can, can continue to send fire ablaze in our life. So, Lord, we thank you that you have more and more and more for us, you. that your blessing, that your, that your little gifts for us never run out, that they would never run dry. Lord, we thank you that your mercy is new for us every single morning, that every day that we would continue to start fresh, that we would continue to start over again where we missed it the day before and we felt like, we didn't hit the mark and our flesh and, and the enemy would start to tell us that you aren't doing enough. You're not hitting it enough. That's where fear creeps in. That's where guilt creeps in. Lord, we, we speak against guilt and we let the Holy Spirit uh, uh, convict so that we would be convicted in the right direction and not let guilt chain us up where we are, but the Holy Spirit conviction would draw us more and more near to you. Mm -hmm. So I speak against every spirit of guilt. I speak against every spirit of doubt that would say, I can't do this life. I can't do what Josh is talking about. I can't do what these guys are talking about. Uh, that's for them. I, I don't know if I'll ever reach that. I send the spirit of doubt back to hell from whence yes. it came. And Lord, I, I speak a spirit of boldness and courage and surrender to their life to know that it has nothing to do with your with your strength, but it is all his strength. And when and when we are weak, he is strong. Church, open up your Bible and read what it says. 
Read what it says so that your spirit would be continually encouraged in truth so that a spirit of doubt and guilt and all of these things that are from the enemy would not take a hold of your life that, so that you would combat it with God's word and overcome in the name of Jesus. We pray these things. Amen and amen. Amen, dude. Such a good message, man. Seriously, thank you. Absolutely. It, it yeah. is good. It is yeah. good. It's good for me. Yeah. And way to not shy away from hard teachings. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, how can people follow you, dude? Let them know. You can follow my Insta. Because it's all for the gram. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh D. Rich, I post occasionally. Uh, I'm on Facebook too. If you're a Facebook guy more than Insta, Josh Rich, I think on there. Um, you can follow this ministry we have, Crave the, Mu- Crave the Movement. And that's going to be uh, Crave the Movement on every platform. And as you see there, CraveTheMovement.com, if you want to find out just a little bit more about us. Uh, we're just surrendered to the Lord. And uh, so we're doing all kinds of things, whatever the Lord leads us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's me. Most excellent. Josh, good sir. God bless you. Thank you so much. So fun having you on the show. Thank you, man. Love, Thank you for I being love such just, an awesome I love, host. I love just chatting, bro. I love chatting. It's great. Yes. yes. Yeah. And one of these days we'll meet in person. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. We um, have to. Yeah, we have to, dude. We, we have, have to. to. Yeah, I got to try some of that Kentucky Kentucky uh, food. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll bring you over to mom's house and she'll cook you a big meal. Woo! There we go. No, no KFC go. or nothing like that. We, yeah, you'll, get, you you'll get some actual home food experience. Yeah, there we go. I love it. Love it. All right, everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. And guess what? To kick off the weekend, we have uh, a guy that I have utmost respect for back on the show, John Rutke. Uh, as many of you know, he was a ministry partner of Lonnie Frisbee, uh, and he is doing a lot of amazing stuff in SoCal. He's a SoCal boy through and through. Uh, so I can't wait to have him back on the show. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, Elijah streams. I almost said Elijah Fire. We don't do the Elijah Fire link anymore. ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you donate. You get the double whams. You get the supporting this ministry, but you also get in on the water well efforts as well, even if it's as low as five bucks. It's amazing. So we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday, John Rutke, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 